0: To get started, just fill out a brief questionnaire that matches you up with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash FilmDaily today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, dot com slash FilmDaily.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Friday, April 12th, 2019, on today's episode, we're going to talk about Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. This is the title for episode nine. We saw the trailer. We saw a panel from Star Wars Celebration. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta, and joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Managing Editor, Jacob Hall. May the force be with you, Peter. And writers, Ytron Bowie.
2: Hey, everyone.
1: And Chris Evangelista. Hello, folks. So we have a lot to unpack here. We just got done covering the Star Wars Episode Nine presentation from Star Wars Celebration. I think we have a total of like nine or ten articles on the site from this that we have produced in the last like couple hours alone, right? Um, but I guess we should begin at the ending, and the ending it was this trailer that they, that they presented on screen. Uh, you know, at the end of this this panel. Uh, I, I guess let's start with reactions. Jacob, what is, what is your re- reaction to this trailer?
3: J.J. Uh, Abrams' movies always cut into really good trailers. The guy is a hell of a visual filmmaker, and this trailer is genuinely exciting. It's, it's exciting to see his characters back together. It's exciting uh, to see how well he stages action. It's exciting to see new worlds of Star Wars, including this sort of boggy, foggy planet we haven't seen before. There is stuff in this trailer that's genuinely exciting to see and thrilling to watch. You know, We'll see where the story goes, but in terms of like a piece of marketing that's supposed to get me excited, I'm excited.
1: Yeah, it seems to me like this trailer is trying to sell a couple things. It's selling the idea that this is the final installment of the Skywalker Saga films. It's selling, it seems like JJ, it's JJ, it's JJ responding to all that criticism about you know, Force Awakens being a echo of a new hope. Like, it seems like we're seeing all sorts of new worlds here, none of which we've seen prior in the Star Wars saga. I don't think that desert planet is Jakku or Tatooine. I think that's a new planet. And uh we are seeing most of the main cast. I'm actually kind of surprised that we didn't see um Rose Tico. We did see Lando, who looked like he was... Having so much fun back in the cockpit of the Millennium Falcon. We'll, we'll talk about the shots and stuff later, but I was really, I really enjoyed this trailer. I think, uh, you know, he leaves us on some very breathtaking shots that makes us ask questions. And uh, and we're going to get to those questions in this podcast. Uh, HT, what did you think of the trailer?
2: Yeah, there's a great energy to this trailer. It's just so. Um kinetic and dynamic, and I think that, like you said, Peter, it doesn't quite, um, echo the, the previous, like the first trilogy as much as, a uh, Force Awakens did. There aren't that many shots that are, um, you know, too nostalgic or anything. It's very much feels like it's moving forward, except for like a final shot that we'll talk about later, I'm sure. Um, but I do like that at the beginning of this trailer, it opened on, uh, Ray's heavy breathing, which was a nice callback to the first Force Awakens trailer.
1: Oh, for sure. Chris, I think you are the only one here that might have not loved this trailer.
4: Uh, I really liked this trailer for almost its entire length. It's a It's a well-cut trailer. The visuals are uh, fantastic. I, I love the the lighting of this movie. The lighting is a lot different than the, the last two movies. Uh, I love that opening shot of Ray in the desert. I love that you know western callback where the camera you know zooms on her her hand with the lightsaber. I loved all of that. I loved the action and I loved the energy. All of it is great. And then we get to the end. First, we see a shot of the, the death star in the, in the ocean or whatever. And immediately it's just like, Oh good. Another thing with the death star and then we hear the emperor laughing and uh to solidify that point um the ian McDiarmid, the actor who plays the emperor in, in the star wars franchise came out on stage and he did the emperor voice and i i am said not, play it again yes, what he said. i am i'm really not on board with this i know none of us have seen the movie yet i know there's a chance they'll make this work i know there's even a chance that the emperor isn't going to have like a huge role to play in the movie but all i can think of with this is i wish jj abrams would take risks i wish he would stop i, I think that's a humongous risk because i no, i it's, I, not. I, it's I, literally it's just
1: the same thing for the last trilogy i, I feel like this risk is going to divide fans like this is something uh that I, I don't know. I I, I just feel like this is not something that is like a simple thing that's just going to appease fans. This is something that, I mean, you look at the response online to like even your article and people are like, calm down. We don't even know that he's alive in the movie. You know, we'll we'll get to you. We'll get to your article in a bit. Let's walk through the trailer first. okay? Uh, let's calm down. Let's rewind to the <laughs> beginning. Uh, we, we have the Lucasfilm logo. Ray is breathing, as HT mentioned, and it seemed like she was like I don't know in the middle of something big. Like she had just run there. She's like in the middle of some kind of action. And then we we see this like it's actually kind of I- interesting that they spent so much time on this push in shot of of Daisy Ridley's Ray as she composes herself and she you know starts to breathe and uh fi- you know. Gain, you know, starts to f- find yourself one with the forest again, like, and, and just take a breath. And, uh, I, I think it's interesting that JJ began the, you know, the first piece of marketing of this film with such a, uh, with this shot. What, what do you guys have to say about this shot?
3: This is a great shot. It's maybe my favorite shot in the trailer because it is a quiet moment. And Star Wars isn't always quiet. So it's always interesting in action and adventure. And this is a, a, as we, as said earlier, a very Western-influenced shot, a woman, a warrior, alone in the desert wasteland, uh, seeing an enemy on the horizon, and just getting you ready for it. And to answer your question earlier, Peter, uh, she's out of breath, I think, because she has clearly been divided from uh and Finn, because we see them also in the desert in the middle of a massive speeder chase with a bunch of uh, first, res- first Order troops. So I think that we're seeing uh, two intercut action scenes here, a one-on-one fight, sort of this quiet personal showdown between Ray and Kylo Ren while her buddies are in this extremely action-packed chaotic chase.
1: Yeah, uh, we in this. I mean, Chris mentioned this is a very this whole shot is reminiscent of Westerns. It's a callback to many of those like the the wide shots here. She, she reaches down and grabs her lightsaber, which is the lightsaber. It's a Luke's lightsaber, which correct me if I'm wrong. in The Last Jedi got split in two, right?
3: Uh, yeah, the end of the battle with Kylo Ren, they were both forced pulling it toward themselves and when split in two. And I don't think we ever saw where the pieces actually went.
1: Yeah. So we know that there's a big time jump here for this film, as there is with most of the Star Wars films, except for Last Jedi. And apparently she has repaired this lightsaber. She Her hand's covering, you know, what I would assume is probably going to be a seam of her welding it back together. Um, Chris, I, I know there's this one shot where it's from her hip with the lightsaber out that I feel like is like a spaghetti Western callback shot.
4: Yeah, that's very much, you know, uh, the good, the bad, and the ugly. And then the Clint Eastwood man with no name uh, series shot. That's that's like a direct pull from that. And uh, that was also in uh, Solo with Star Wars where they had that same shot in that. It's it's pretty much like a a cliche at this point. Yeah. Like if you want to reference a Western, that's the shot everyone immediately thinks of.
1: Yeah. I do like the rack focus, though, where it goes and shows us what she's looking at. And there's this TIE fighter that's heading towards her. The, uh, from what I can tell, this is not the tie, uh, Kylo Ren's normal TIE fighter. This is like a modified um, TIE silencer. It has like a whole new cockpit. It has a lot of red on it. Um, and uh, it's speeding towards her and we see a shot from inside the tie fighter of some hands pushing on the uh the controls and i assume that's kylo ren right
3: yeah i mean uh who else would be wearing those black gloves of to be of such importance that they're piloting a one of a kind tie fighter against ray it has to be kylo
1: yeah in a typical jj fashion we don't see the face you know we're we're holding that for later uh ray is running away from the the tie fighter and she does this crazy like spinning backflip that cuts right before she's about to come, you know, jump right over this Tie Fighter. I'm assuming she's gonna like split this thing in two with the lightsaber, right?
2: It would be very cool. I love that shot. It's um, such a cool move, and uh, yeah, I just I don't have anything to say other than I think it's really cool. Yeah,
3: H T L. Really quickly though, we, we discussed making this an article, so I want to hear your, your thoughts on this for a, a moment. But a, a Star Wars trailer opening with like the first half of his trailer is entirely focused on Rey being the coolest hero in Star Wars history, practically. Can you, can you speak to this about, like, after years of Star Wars just being the most boy-centric thing imaginable, how this makes you feel?
2: Oh, it's so empowering. It I think it definitely flies in the face of everyone who criticized The Force Awakens so, so much um, for, like, making Rey such a prominent figure and and making her, you know, Mary Sue, which is the argument I to- I completely hated, but here it, it allows her to just kind of, um, bask in her awesomeness and, and her capabilities. And, um, yeah, it's just, uh, it's so great to see her at the forefront. Although I wish I did would, I would have liked to see some of the other female characters too, but it's, it's great yeah. that like more than half of this trailer is just dedicated to her.
1: The, the one thing I really like here is you definitely see her confidence and how this character has grown so much from when we saw her, you know, the when we found her in Jakku at the beginning of The Force Awakens. Like she seems so much uh, assured in herself. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, the, the next shot we see is like this ship flying towards this Rocky Mountain snow covered planet that's drenched in fog and the cover of night. We we don't really know much about this. It seems like there's some lights down there. So there's some kind of civilization. I'm assuming the next shot gives us a clue. And that's uh, Kylo Ren is taking out alongside, you know, a a fleet of stormtroopers, a bunch of like it looks like alien creatures Um, do we have, do you guys have any theories on why Kylo Ren is, you know, doing some hand-to-hand combat here and, uh, who he might, uh, why he's going into battle himself?
3: I was reminded of the opening scenes of The Force Awakens when Kylo Ren personally leads uh, Stormtroopers on the Jakku to retrieve uh, an artifact that he needs. So I think you're right in the money in your breakdown you wrote for the site, Peter, where you say that Kylo Ren, you know, is clearly on the hunt for something and he wants it bad. And I just want to say that jj uh, J. abrams has such a great knack for filming action i think ryan johnson's also a skilled action director but the uh this shot here where he takes down a guy with the lightsaber is especially impressive
1: yeah and it it definitely does seem like he you know there's been some speculation is jj going to throw out everything that ryan kind of brought to the table with last jedi and jj's been saying otherwise that he's you know they're they adapted and changed and you know used some of the things and here in this shot um i'm, I'm interested to hear what chris has to say with this, because it definitely seems he's like he's taking on that kind of red aesthetic that the last Jedi uh, that Ryan brought to the last Jedi.
4: Uh, so what are you just the shot in general? You want to know what my thoughts are? Well, well, not just the, the shot in general, maybe the tra-
1: trailer in general, because there is the shot where it's like kind of this red fog, but then like the next shot we see like Kyle Ren's helmet is being put back together and that's being put together together with like these red kind of like seam glowing goo. And, you know, uh, there is uh, th- there's a bunch of more red in, in this, like, you know, the red and the TIE fighter. It, it definitely seems like J.J. isn't, you know, completely ignoring The Last Jedi.
4: I sure hope so. Uh, <laughs> I, I can't, you know, I, there's so much in this trailer that makes me nervous about how he's approaching the last shot I even down to the title, even though I also think the title is a bit of a misdirection, yeah. but I'm, I'm sure we will get yeah. to that. But
1: uh, okay, how about this? How about the mask? Because I know you were, uh, you know, Ryan Johnson had Kyle Ren basically destroy his mask. And now in this next shot, it's being put back together.
4: Uh, I think that's stupid, but (laughs) I know it's just unnecessary. And that is one of the things that really worries me about how this movie is being approached in relation to The Last Jedi. And, uh, you know, I...
1: I I mean, there could be an analogy to be made here of J.J. Abrams trying to put back together the pieces of some of the things he created for force awakens that was destroyed by ryan johnson <laughs> and uh but my question to you is like you know why is kylo run even putting back together this this helmet why not just create a new helmet and i guess there's probably something further in that analogy that i brought up of uh you know m- maybe that is also saying something about jj abrams
2: well i'm oh, sorry to interrupt chris no, um, no go
4: ahead i, I would just be griping you go ahead
2: (laughs) well i what i liked about the destruction of the helm in last jedi was that it felt like kylo ren was finally letting go of his um idol worship of darth vader and becoming a here a villain sorry a villain unto his own um and becoming a a much more modern and much more uh unpredictable villain in, in a sense too but by putting that helmet back together it feels like it's trying to go back to being a pseudo darth vader again which is Fine, but definitely, I think a little less, little safer than what we were going for in Last Jedi.
1: I will say this as someone who grew up with the Star Wars movies, and I loved Darth Vader growing up. Like, I feel like someone with a mask is so much more compelling as a child, or even as you know, an adult fan than Ryan, uh, than um, Adam Driver, just in like this black like suit like i feel like you know something there's something about masks in star wars that makes that badass i know I, that that's not a good story uh reason to do this but yeah i guess my my
3: one um counter to that and i totally understand your point of view and i, and I respect it but i just like that how um once you remove that mask you have a villain who's just petulant fanboy Who's like literally the re- rejecting his parents' ideals, which is like very much a very modern type of villain. Who's unafraid to have his face out there, out there in the public. It's also a very modern idea of a villain, someone who doesn't doesn't want to hide anymore. And I I guess I was just refreshed by. But a I, I do think he's a lot less
1: scary though without the mask. Like he's a little...
2: I don't know. I just I always just felt like by having the mask, it felt too much like he was aping. Um, Darth Vader both textually and, like, subtextually. And I like to have the idea of having a villain that is wholly different than Darth Vader.
1: Yeah. Okay, let's move on. There's another shot of them on this desert planet. Finn is in the foreground. Uh, Poe is in the background. It looks like Finn has Rey's staff in his hand. Either that or Rey is kneeled down out of camera and holding the staff. So I'm wondering, like, has Finn adopted Rey's staff as his weapon?
3: It would definitely be a good merchandising opportunity for Lucasfilm because they just have to use all the old staffs they already have and change out the tag.
1: Yeah. <laughs> um, we, we get a shot of BB-8 alongside a new droid that they introduced in the panel. This new droid is called Dio? Uh, I think Dio is Dio? what they said. Dio? Yeah. Dio. Um, what do we know about Dio? Did they tell us anything during this presentation, Jacob? What we know is that I love him. Uh,
3: what <laughs> we know is that he is super cute and, and – uh, like uh, BB-8, he's a, a practical onset droid, so they, a lot of talented, you know, uh, practical effects guys put him together, and he's in, – in the same way that BB-8 is, like, the most adorable, like, dog ever, this thing is, like, the most adorable ugly dog ever, so I yeah. really like it in that way.
1: Yeah, it looks like a megaphone on a wheel, right?
3: Yeah, that's accurate. It kind
2: of uh-huh. reminds me of a Doctor Who. Um, <laughs> so it's like very low budget looking and uh, I like that. It, it's kind of endearing in that way.
1: I just wonder what what the purpose, like if, if we're putting ourselves in the world of Star Wars and we're in the Resistance, what is the purpose of a droid like this? Like I can totally understand the purpose of like a BB-8 unit or R2 unit, but like what kind of things can this kind of droid do?
3: Get into all kinds of wacky shenanigans. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I guess you can get into small spaces too. <laughs>
3: yeah, honestly, I have no idea. I'm looking forward to seeing if it's meant to be sort of some sort of like maintenance bot kind of thing that rolls around, you know, maybe delivering tools to people repairing X-wings, and then just decides to follow BB-8. I don't know. We'll see. I'm I'm very excited to see if they have a dynamic here, if because if, it seems they seem to heavily suggest that BB-8 and Dio will be sort of a buddy duo. So I'm very I'm hoping there's more to that than just them being in the same shot. I want these two interacting and like. Being the new R2 D2C3PO. I want something going on between them.
1: Yeah, it is weird we don't we we don't see R2 in much of this trailer too. Um, the next shot we see is inside the Millennium Falcon cockpit and Chewbacca is in the passenger seat and in the the captain seat is Lando. It's uh Billy D. Williams reprising his role. Uh what do you guys think of the this I, I just love this shot of of Lando like cackling as they're they're about to hit light speed. He got his ship back after all these years.
2: <laughs> yeah, he looks like he's having a lot of fun, although I think it's hilarious that he has not apparently changed his clothes in 30 years.
1: <laughs> hey, he, his closet is just a bunch of capes and a bunch of yellow shirts or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Um,
3: by the way, Billy Williams is, is 82 years old, guys. He does not, he looks maybe 60. I, I am impressed by his self preservation efforts.
1: Yeah, and uh, a lot of people are saying that the Millennium Falcon looks like it has its old uh, dish, its original dish on on it, but uh, it's it's very hard to see in the shot. Um, Then there's some shots back on this desert planet with this first-order Treadspeeder that actually is on the floor at Star Wars Celebration. We have photos of that on the site. It's chasing the skiff that has Poe and Finn on it. Um, Jacob, what can we make of this?
3: Well, uh, Brad sent in some photos from Star Wars Celebration floor, and they describe the uh, Tread Speeder as being able to go over rougher terrain than other speeders. It has these treads; that I guess will allow it to sort of bounce off areas and recover faster than uh, other speeders would. Uh, so it's, it's just another—it's another cool Star Wars vehicle. I mean, I, I like the idea that I've always said this uh, probably on this podcast before. But I love Star Wars vehicles because they look rugged, look used, and then look like they were built for a purpose. They look like they were designed to be actually used out in the field, and that's what I like about these things. They look like they were actually actively being used in rough terrain.
1: And something I missed the first two times I watched this trailer is the next shot shows kind of like this puff of dirt, and out comes from that, like, two stormtroopers that appear to be employing jetpacks, and they fly at us almost like as if they're flying on brooms from the Harry Potter films. Um I don't know, we've never seen that, so it's J.J. Abrams showing us uh, different kinds of stormtroopers. Uh, the next shot is uh, them on the skiff, and C-3PO seems to be holding on for his droid life. I, I That poor droid. He always uh, doesn't seem to be happy in whatever situation he's in. and uh, uh, he's,
3: he's incapable of being happy, Peter. It, it, I, I, I sympathize with C-3PO. He seems doomed everywhere he goes.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Um, probably one of the more iconic moments in this is we see some, some hands holding the metal from, from Yavin, right? Like, so who, who is this?
3: Chris, you mentioned this first on Slack.
4: Uh, yeah. My assumption is that's, that's Leia. I mean, obviously it's most likely a stand-in since Carrie Fisher is no longer with us, but you know, those hands, they don't look like a pair of young hands and it would make most sense for her to still have that medal now whether or not that it's the medal she gave Han or it's the medal she gave Luke I don't know because it could be either of them because they're both uh gone so she could be reflecting on either one of them but I I think at the very least it's supposed to be her holding one of those medals
1: but the real question is she now going to give this medal finally to Chewbacca who was left out originally and totally deserved one of them
3: as Wookiee racism will not stand I mean come on (laughs)
1: <laughs> um we see some shots of Ray hugging Leia and I'm assuming you know th- this is a shot obviously filmed for The Force Awakens although I think the the, the opposite shot where we see Ray and she's crying that appears to me if I look pretty closely looks like a double um what Jacob if you had to speculate uh, speculate what is Ray upset about here
3: Oh goodness! Uh, the entire galaxy is falling apart. <laughs> um, I don't know. I, I we don't we know so little about the actual plot of this that my in the dark guess would be that uh, Rey's feeling the pressure. She is the last Jedi. She has the entire galaxy resting on her shoulders. It's up to her to save everyone in some way and live to a legacy of a thousand generations of warriors. I mean, who do you go to when you are feeling the pressure? Your parent figure and Leia. You know it seems, could be the new mother figure in Rey's life. If Han Solo was her father figure and uh, and Luke was her cracky uncle, then Leia is the mother who's there to have her when she needs to cry. Yeah.
1: We then see a shot of our main heroes that includes Rey, Poe, Finn, Chewbacca, BB-8, C-3PO, and uh, the new droid. In kind of a grassy, foggy, on a grassy, foggy planet, and they're looking off at something. Uh, Chris, I think you were the one that kind of posted this tweet in the in the Slack channel that suggested that this could be a shot influenced by Akira Kurosawa. Uh,
4: I actually didn't post that, but yeah, oh. it does it does look similar to that uh, Seven Samurai shot. But as you know, samurai movies and Kurosawa in general are are built into the the Star Wars visual landscape, so I would not be surprised if that were the case.
1: Okay, now I think the biggest surprising shot of this entire trailer comes next, where we see what they're looking at. And it's this shot of part of the Death Star, like a destroyed Death Star in the ocean on this planet. And they're looking out at it. And uh, I'm assuming this is the Death Star from Return of the Jedi, the second Death Star. Um I, I wrote a whole article on how it's possible that the Death Star still survived, you know, chunks of the Death Star survived. Uh, there, While there's been nothing the size of a Death Star to blow up uh, that was human created, uh, there have been, like, space stations and shuttles that have fallen to Earth and uh, surprisingly remained intact. Uh, so you'd think, like, a a space station of the size of the death star that, you know, it would be reinforced, extra reinforced. And some of that would stay intact. Um, so I guess the question here is why, why are our heroes like, this seems to be part of the MacGuffin of this movie. They're in search of something that is inside this death star. Like, did, does anybody here have any theories?
3: Uh, I don't have any theories about that, but I want to expand on something you wrote about in the trailer breakdown. I guess I thought, and I had a thought about that. And it's a really astute observation which is that the action of Return of the Jedi takes place around the moon of Endor, not Endor itself. So it's very, very possible that this planet we're seeing, that the Death Star has crashed into, could actually be Endor, which we've actually never literally seen on screen before, which is very cool. Which, but by other- the way,
1: I've, in previous years, I had conversations with Pablo Hildago, who's part of the Star Wars story group, and apparently the moon of Endor, because everybody just calls that Endor, uh is now known as Endor so the planet that the moon of Endor revolves around probably is not called Endor but some other planet does that make sense
3: it does yeah it gets very confusing but the fact remains that you're right we never saw this actual planet we only saw the moon around it so um, I'm excited to see this and I have no idea what they're searching for I can't even take a guess but I, I, I really want to make sure we got that in there because I think it's a really good observation
1: Chris, if we're near Endor, that means we could get some Ewoks. Would you be excited, or just uh, would would is that adding to your your fears of this movie? Sure, why not?
4: Put them in there. Put everything from every previous movie in this movie. Just go ahead. I, I don't. It's fine. <laughs> just go ahead. Literally call this the Return of the Jedi at this point. It, it'll be fine. <laughs> Chris, you enjoyed much
1: of this trailer until this point. But you seem so down on it as a whole like it seems uh, like this like ending is infecting your entire outlook of the whole film.
4: It's a bad ending. I don't I don't know why the Death Star has to be in this goddamn movie. We already got two movies with the Death Star and the Force awakens pretty much had its own Death Star and now it's like, well, here's the Death Star again and I, it's just it's boring. I don't care. I want something different. Please, give me something new. That's all I want. Well, okay. Chris, the
3: Death Star has been destroyed. It, it is a remix of the Death Star, and I'm sure you like remixes. Well, I
4: don't yes. mean,
1: I, I think it's a remix. <laughs> I think this is a continuation. This is... I don't know. Uh, by the way, the Death Star... The, the original concept art for The Force Awakens, the original opening, uh, I have an article about this on the, uh, on the site. I'll link it in the show notes, uh, and you can see that original concept art that was published in the book, The Art of The Force Awakens. The original opening had Rey diving into the ocean and actually scavenging from uh, the throne room in the Death Star that had been, you know, a piece of the Death Star that had been submerged. So I, I'm theorizing that sh- she might be here to find something that is in the throne room because it seems like JJ has been playing around with us for some time. But the next shot of this movie or this trailer, this teaser trailer has Luke telling us that no one's ever really gone. We then hear the laughter of the emperor, uh, Palpatine himself. And, uh, as you mentioned on stage, actually the actor who plays him came out on stage just to, uh, kind of, let people know who, you know, probably some people that don't recognize that iconic bit of laughter that yes, that is Palpatine and he is involved in this movie in some way. Now Chris or HT, I heard you, you sigh as well. (laughs) What what are your thoughts?
2: You know, I was actually on board with the destroyed Death Star because I liked the idea of the ruins of the old making way for the new generation. But with the laughter of the Emperor, I feel like that is the opposite. Um, I just, I really dislike the idea of the Emperor coming back and him potentially being that one evil force pulling all the strings of everyone, including the First Order, Um, I think just makes everything so simple and so banal. Um for the the rise of the first order was always really interesting to me because it suggested that even though you can defeat one big tyrannical force there will still be evil in the world and others can rise to take its place it felt very relevant to me in this time but even the first order
1: was the remnants of the empire a lot of those people like hux's father were in the empire and it was just kind of like like,
2: yeah but it's not the same as like one sole person pulling all the strings it's not like this one person being the symbol of all evil it's just like mundane evil existing in everyone and i like that idea because it feels very relevant to today to make things political
4: yeah it Um, would be like Donald Trump gives a press conference, then he says, by the way, here's the person who's been pulling my strings. And then Hitler walks out on stage. It's like, by the way, that uh, would be
1: amazing. That would be incredible.
4: It's like,
1: uh, it's I, like I would H- love for that to happen.
4: Because, you would love resurrected Hitler. All right. Because if that
1: happened, it would all be over for him. Um, OK, no, Chris. Uh, and I do have, I do have a response to you, HG, but I, I'm going to let Chris have the floor here because he wrote a whole article on this. Um, basically explaining why he is not happy with the idea of the Emperor being in this movie. We should address the idea that it could be a Force ghost of the Emperor because, you know, we know Jedi has become Force ghosts. Maybe the Sith become Force ghosts as well. We don't know that he's back. We don't know. We we have Brian Young who did an article on this uh, explaining how it's possible for – the Emperor to return in this movie. He has a bunch of different theories and explains it from all sorts of edges of the can- Star Wars canon. Um, I will tell you right now, I think Palpatine is a big part of this movie mm-hmm. in full. That this this is not, you know, a, a tease at something. You know, this isn't a... Um, the words are escaping me, but like uh cameo appearance. Yeah. it's it, Well, it's not like, like even JJ like a, a swerve of some kind. I think that he's putting this out here in the first teaser trailer to get us used to the idea that Palpatine is back and having the actor on stage, uh, I think solidifies that just to like, so that people know, like, I, I think JJ who keeps secrets for a long periods of time and usually you know the movies that he does are about people chasing these secrets and at the end it's unveiled and maybe that is palpatine or 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 whatever maybe he's revealed much earlier in this film i feel like he even knows that he couldn't keep this a secret and he needs to put this on the forefront and get people used to this so chris now you have the floor why are you not happy with this idea
4: uh it's a bad idea um uh, in my in the piece i wrote i do stress that you know, we uh, we don't know what's going on here for, you know, maybe this is like a one scene cameo. Maybe he's just a force ghost. Maybe he's not going to have a big part. And if that's true, I'll be willing to sort of accept it. But if, as you say, he plays a big part in the film and there's a reveal that he's been pulling the strings the entire time and he's the secret big band of the, this entire new trilogy, I hate that with every fiber of my being because it's lazy and it's cheap and it's-, it's, it's <sighs> I disagree like with fan... all of this. Well, you're wrong, Peter. I'm sorry. Uh, it's, it's, it's smacks of fan fiction. It's, it's, there's nothing about this that works. There's nothing about this that works it's it's so lazy because there was no hint of palpatine in these last two movies none at all and to just suddenly be like oh by the way there
1: there are some hints at what's going on here there 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 was if you read some of the books there's hints that snoke is being controlled by someone that he might actually get
4: out of here no we're not those don't count we're not (laughs)
1: Okay, let let me make my argument for... First of all, I don't love the idea of the Palpatine's in this movie, but I think the thing I do like about that is that J.J. Abrams is not just trying to conclude this trilogy as a trilogy. He's not just trying to put a cap on this. He's trying to put a cap on the entire nine-episode film saga. And to do that, he's potentially bringing in the, the villain that started off the whole thing, the person that... I guess if you read the comic books, I guess Chris doesn't acknowledge any of the outside works of fiction that he might be responsible for the virgin birth of Anakin Skywalker. So he's the guy that created the Skywalker family. This is the Skywalker saga. And he was the bad guy for every film up until force awakens. And maybe it's going to turn out that he was actually the puppet master of force awakens and last Jedi as a whole. I think that to put this in here. Is going to bring an end cap to this whole trilogy. It's going to give an arc to this whole trilogy, as a whole. But
4: why? Why can't the arc be about Rey? Why can't the arc be about you know Leia and all Why not just bring Darth Vader back at this point? If you're bringing people back, why not bring you know? It's it's. Well, here's the Darth thing: Vader, it's the it's, more
2: interesting villain at that.
4: Yeah. Well, Darth Vader is it, it
1: turned to the good side at the end of uh, to the light side at the end of. Um, Return of the Jedi. So you can't yeah, but bring him Emperor back. The Emperor
4: got thrown down a lightning shaft or whatever the hell that thing was. So if you know if, if nothing really mattered, well, it, it, so
1: did Darth Maul, and he came back. Well, I, I don't like that either. <laughs> That's really okay, but th- this is the thing I'm going to argue that if you look at this as a nine-episode arc, as a full like bit of storytelling, and this is the Skywalker saga, you need to do one of two things, Chris. You need to either have Luke Skywalker die in episode nine, which can't happen because he already died. You need to have a, number two would be have Ray turn out to be a Skywalker, which none of you guys want to have happen. Or three, bring, bring back a big bad that like puts this as a whole like co- cohesive
4: arc. I just I disagree wholeheartedly. You don't need that at all, especially since the last movie, the pre, uh, the Return of the Jedi, did such a good job of setting Kylo Ren up as you know the focus of what. Uh, here's what I'm saying: at the end of the Last Jedi, uh, like it or hate it, Ryan Johnson left that movie in a place where you could literally go anywhere. You could go anywhere with that story. But that's and why just I did...
1: say like that episode would have been a good episode nine like that would have been a yeah. good like end of the skywalker saga
4: i mean i won't argue that but it's not so it's like we can't do anything about that um i just i uh, i don't know like i feel like i'm going crazy here because there are many people online just yelling at this article i wrote because for one thing they they clearly didn't read it where i i tried to temper my expectations and admit that i'm you know spitballing here but for another oh oh, oh, you mean they just read the headline and commented on it with no no uh yeah as strange as that sounds i know that never happens on the (laughs) internet
2: internet do that
4: yeah (laughs) but um i don't know people seem to love this and that's great if you if you're excited about this you know i'm not gonna you know i obviously when i say you know you're wrong i'm kidding obviously if you like this it's fine you're allowed to like stuff everyone's allowed to like what they like like there are a lot of people who hate the last Jedi. And I personally think that's like the best of all the star Wars movies. But my point here is I just, it just seems to me that all people want. And when I say people, I'm generalizing. There are people who aren't like this, but it seems like what people seem to want is just the same old thing. Like the, the biggest complaint against the last Jedi seems to be, it's just too different. Uh, Ryan Johnson just took the movie in too different a direction. And it didn't, deliver on expectations. It didn't play out the way people thought it was going to play out. But to me, that's that movie's strength. Whereas this, if it's just giving us stuff we can easily predict or stuff we've already seen before, that to me is is, is a really wait, easy you, you way would, out. You
1: would have easily predicted that Palpatine is going to come back?
4: Like I feel like that's the most unpredictable. Well, I said easy predict or stuff we've seen ever before. It's either or. <laughs> I'm not saying it's the same thing, but my <sighs> Jacob, I I, I haven't heard you weigh in on this topic.
3: I haven't weighed in because I actually agree with you both. Um, I think I agree with Chris on principle. I think that on paper, this idea sounds terrible, but I also think that uh, the JJ Abrams and Kathleen candy aren't dummies. I feel like if this is a decision that was okayed by both of them, I'm I'm ready to, you know, sit back and see where it takes us. And the ties thing that HT said, um, the idea of, uh, of a new generation finally having to deal with the wreckage or the lingering you know, memory of the damage a previous generation did to the universe and having to deal with that could be thematically interesting. So I am going to plant my flag, flag in the middle here and say this sounds terrible unless they explore it in a way that I think is... Right, uh, explore it in a way... That is thoughtful and adds Star Wars rather than just be a retread of what we've seen before. Because Force Awakens is a blast. It's a, fun to, it's a fun movie to watch. But it's not doing anything new with Star Wars. That's my concern here. Um, well, I think it's so, going to
1: bring something new to the dynamic between Kylo Ren and Rey. And I could be wrong. And I think you are right. It's all going to be in execution here.
3: Yep. Yeah, uh, so I'm going to say you're both right. At this moment in time, and <laughs> I like you both a great deal. And stop fighting!
4: Please stop We're not fighting. fighting. This is no. yeah.
2: We all like each other here. But, yeah.
4: yeah, But yeah, let, yeah. let, let me uh, jump off that and say, like, I'm obviously gonna see the movie. Uh, you know, nothing would keep me from seeing this. I'm not gonna be like, oh, I'm not seeing it now. And I want, you know, I've said this before, but I go into every movie wanting to like it, even if I go in with reservations, even if I go in being like, oh, this might suck. I want to leave the theater being like oh that was actually really good and i really hope this happens here and i really you know i like jj abrams as a filmmaker i think he's got uh, he's got the he's got he's got what it takes he's got the goods and if he pulls this off if he finds a smart way to do this and not just like a scene where at the end palpatine shows up and he monologues his entire evil plan like as long as there's some sort of good explanation I'll be okay with it, but right now my knee-jerk reaction to the emperor might be back is this is a bad idea. I wish they wouldn't do
1: it. I, I will give you a devil's advocate on Chris's side of things. I love JJ Abrams as a filmmaker, but I don't think he's ever been good at endings.
2: He's never been good at endings. He's always
1: good at op- like like the beginnings. Like, you know, his opening few minutes of Star Trek are incredible. But like and especially G. Keino's score and that brings me to tears every time. Like I, I feel like he's so good at opening you know, look at the, the first two episodes of Lost in comparison to the end and I know he wasn't that involved in the ending of Lost. Um but yeah, so I'm I'm wondering what he's gonna do now that he you know he went into this. this is the first time that he's like trying to make an ending. And I think that's Yeah, this is
2: the first time he's actually gonna have to open his own mystery box and uh figure out what's inside.
1: Yeah. And you know what? We haven't talked about the title yet. Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker. HT, I know you wrote up an article speculating on uh, so w- how you can ter- interpret that subtitle. Like, uh, w- what are we talking here? Who Who is rising up?
2: Well, that's the question, isn't it? It's um, It raises a lot of questions for who this title is exactly referring to. Um, because, as we know, the main Skywalker that we followed throughout the saga, Luke Skywalker, uh, died in uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. And um, it felt to me when I heard this title, it, I immediately thought oh, are we bringing back the Ray as a Skywalker theory? Uh, because that was something that was debunked um, and put to bed in and, and Last Jedi, which was something I really loved about that film. By the way, I, w-
1: I would not say that that was debunked. You had an yes, unreliable wanted... narrator of Kylo Ren saying, you know, yeah, he's like, you know, and, and he knows her fears. So he knows he's playing upon her fears. So I'm not saying – I'm not saying that's not the answer, but I feel like it wasn't as it's not as clear cut. Even Ryan Johnson admits that it's not a clear cut answer.
2: But I like but thematically, it felt clear-cut because it yeah. aligned with the film's overall message that anyone can be a hero if they rise to it they don't have to be born to be anything they don't have to be born to be special. And uh, I felt to me like this theory, especially that that raise a Skywalker uh, feeds into only the skywalkers are like at the center of this universe and that feels really boring to me. I um, and also it kind of Makes her interactions with Kylo Ren a little bit more disturbing, but in the way that I guess that Luke and <laughs> and Leia had their their own sexual chemistry. But yeah, this um definitely I felt like f- feeds into that theory that Rey could be the Skywalker that this title is referring to, and it'll be her rise to be the Chosen One and the hero again. And um, while I'm not opposed to the Chosen One theory, I do like the way the Last Jedi just shatters that concept. And um, yeah, it's just uh I would be very disappointing if this this Film title suggests that you know Last Jedi uh, that um Rise of the Sky Rise of Skywalker will retcon what Last Jedi did, even though it's not typically t- technically retconning, like you said, Peter. Um, but that's one of the major theories. Um, another one is that this could refer to Kylo Ren, who is you know half Skywalker, and this could be following his redemption story, which is something that I'm not totally happy about either, because I feel like he has had too many chances and just thrown them away. And,
1: um, but by the way, Darth Vader killed millions of people with the Death Star. Like he destroyed planets and at the end of Return of the Jedi was redeemed.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Here's my quick argument against that, Peter, which is that Anakin Skywalker's whole story is a man enslaved, a man who's born in slavery and finds himself serving countless masters until he finally says no more, rejects that master, and redeems himself. Whereas Kylo Ren was born in the privilege and chose this life. So that's why that will be my, my one big argument against that. But you know, feel free to scoff at that.
1: No, fair. Yeah, that's I think a that fair he's argument. frequently
2: chosen this path, and he's been given numerous chances to uh, go back and make it easier for himself, but instead he chooses to remain on the dark side and to betray not just Rey, but everyone um, in the First Order as well multiple times. So, um, But I always think that's what makes him a more fascinating villain in a lot of sense, because he's not... He's not turmoiled in the tra- in the tragic sense. He's turmoiled in that he kind of did this to himself. And that I always thought that was interesting. Um but, but yeah. But this... you can't
1: tell me, HT, in Last Jedi, when Ray and Kylo decide to to join forces in Snoke's throne room that you didn't like secretly want that to happen.
2: I mean, I I really enjoyed that scene. I did want him to turn to the good side, but then again, at the end of that, he decides that he is going to stay on the dark side after all. And I actually liked that choice because it was interesting, but I also think that it prevents him from ever being fully redeemed. Yeah. Um, Which is why Kylo as the, as the titular Skywalker in this title may have some issues as long, but again, like you were saying before, it may just be an, an, a question of execution. If JJ Abrams can pull off a redemption arc, well, if he can do it, then perhaps let, this could be the way it plays out, and I would be okay with that. Um, a few other theories. Uh, Leia, you know, um, she is the other Skywalker who is still alive in the film. And uh, I remember in Empire Strikes Back, or Return of the Jedi, we uh, Yoda is the one who says there is another, and for a long time we assumed that that was Leia. And so it could be a nice way of... Um, honoring Carrie Fisher's memory and uh, capping off Leia's uh, story by making her that titular Skywalker, too. And as before Carrie Fisher's passing, there was reports that this film, episode nine, was going to be Leia's film, as much as um, episode eight was uh, Luke's and episode seven was Han Solo's. So I feel like that might that might be a possibility as well. And my last theory is that... Uh, Skywalkers are all of us, man. You know, <laughs> it's Luke Skywalker's legacy that uh, inspires people and is the thing that lives on, and uh, it and rises so that people can rise to the occasion and be the heroes that they can be. And actually, another theory that uh, you were the one who threw out this out to the Slack. I wanted you to um, elaborate on that, Peter. This is the Force Ghost theory.
1: Oh well, I mean, he's uh, Luke Skywalker is obviously going to be in this movie. He's going to be a Force ghost, so maybe the power, you know, maybe he will rise up in some way. I don't, I'm not. I don't really have a way to go with this theory. But on what your your last theory of um, mm-hmm. that, you know, the legacy and how Luke Skywalker lives on in all of us i mean this trailer has some lines from luke skywalker doing voiceover and he's talking about these thousands of years of generations of of jedi and uh that i think that adds up to your theory right there a little bit
4: Mm -hmm. yeah i want to say i i think that actually is the correct theory i think ht nailed it there i think that is what's going to happen i am also team final theory
2: yeah, and um, I think it also is a way of um, continuing the the what last uh, what last Jedi did as well.
4: Yeah, especially that last shot where you know with Broom Boy, basically Broom Boy is a Skywalker. Everyone is a Skywalker who you know yeah. uh, is able to use the Force, just yeah. like Broom Boy, everyone's favorite character.
1: I do think that we're going to find out that these characters, Kylo and Ray, that there's a connection. There's a greater connection here. I, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to wait and see the film. Uh, there was also this panel that uh, we saw before the trailer. It was like over an hour long. Jacob, you wrote a recap for the site. W- what did we learn over the course of the Star Wars Celebration Episode Nine presentation? Uh.
3: We learned that Kathleen Candy and J.J. Abrams can say a lot of words without saying anything. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was uh, Kathleen Candy, J.J. Abrams, and members of the cast. And uh, most of the panel was them dodging questions from moderator Stephen Colbert and kind of giving, you know, half answers to avoid things. Um, did, so I'm going to go over the highlights. You can read the whole article on com.
1: You know what my uh, highlight is, and it's probably not something you're going to mention here, was uh, Kelly Marie Tran. Coming up on uh, when when they asked her a question, like the entire crowd just like gave her a standing ovation and she like became like teary eyed.
2: I love that. It yeah, was, was so sweet.
3: And fandom, the actual actual Star Wars fandom in person, making their opinion, making their thoughts on her known after so much toxicity online was a powerful moment. And, they, and yeah, the best moment of the panel. And even Abrams, the J.J. Abrams said, um, I was grateful to Ryan Johnson for so many things he did the greatest for me was casting Kelly Marie uh, and we got a shot of her in a proper resistance uniform no longer you know mechanics uniform uh so yeah like, I think I, I'm happy to hear that Rose is you know back in seemingly a major way and she's not being shuffled to the side because she wasn't part of the original uh force awakens
1: although she's absent from this entire trailer
3: that's true <laughs> uh let's see was to show a piece of art or is it art or is it a or is it a um photograph well it's a, it's, a, it's an image from the early part of the film that features a uh, landed the Millennium Falcon in the jungle with Chewbacca, BB-8, uh, Poe, Finn, Rey, and C-3PO. And this is where Abrams revealed that there is a time jump between uh, Last Jedi and this film. And after being split apart for the first two films, the whole core crew, uh, this whole group, will spend the bulk of this movie on an adventure together, which I'm really happy to hear because these cast has such great chemistry together. At the thought of them actually being able to bounce off each other for the entire two hours is a lot of fun. Uh, they of course talk about practical effects, you know, all the practical aliens, they showed images of a new alien named Claude, who's this big giant slug thing. And he's standing next to uh, Greg Grunberg's snap Wexley in the, in the photographs. He's really, really cool. It looks really dumb in a way that I really like. So hooray for Claude, the dumb looking, awesome alien. Uh, there was comments from Naomi Aki, who is playing a new character named Janna, and she would not reveal anything about Janna. Uh, she says, the original group are going on this epic, epic adventure together, and I'm so excited about where Janna crosses paths with them. That's all she would yeah. say.
1: A, a lot she, of fans have speculated that she could be the daughter of Lando. Uh,
3: she, her, She had a joke response to that, where she joked that Lando is a very charming man, so he could have children all over the universe. Uh, but. I'm not convinced that was her confirming or denying anything. Lando was also there.
1: Yeah, they had this badass, like, photo of her, like, with, and she is wearing yellow, which is the color of Lando, right?
3: Yeah, she is.
2: Yeah, and everyone would know that because he hasn't changed his clothes in 30 years.
1: Oh, my gosh, she's
3: also wearing a cape. I'm just not noticing your cape, guys. Yeah. Maybe she is Lando's daughter. (laughs)
2: I want to say I really love her look. It's one of my favorite new looks of um, a Star Wars character. I just like – I liked how – I like how Battle worn it is, how rough, how just kind of –
1: It's like Fury Road-esque.
2: Yeah, I I like it. It's very punk. Uh,
3: A a highlight from this was when Billy Williams took to stage and he uh, he had some quotes about how wonderful it was to be back and all that. But um, my favorite part was when he was asked – but, uh lando's decision to betray han and empire strikes back and he de- defended his decision saying that he's up against darth vader he was doing the best he could to save everybody and by the way nobody died so lando made the right choice <laughs> and I, I thought that was a very amusing uh, commentary uh finn has a new costume with blue pants oscar isaac has a new costume makes him look like brendan Fraser and the mummy um dizzy ridley really dodged questions <laughs> about whether or not ray has new powers You won't see any more naked Kylo Ren. No, no, she didn't
1: dodge questions. She asked Abrams (laughs) or she tossed the question to Abrams, which to me registers as yes, because if she said no, there was no reason to be like, I'll have JJ answer this if the answer is no. Right.
3: All right. Well, Peter, what do you think about there not being a shirtless Kylo Ren this time around?
1: I mean, for me, that felt weird. It felt unlike Star Wars, (laughs) but um, maybe others on this podcast would disagree.
3: I'm a big fan of half naked Kylo Ren, so the news of no naked Kylo Ren is very upsetting to me. Sorry everyone.
4: Yeah.
2: Maybe it's fully naked Kylo Ren. You don't know, Jacob.
4: Oh yeah, they didn't specify that. They yeah. just said half naked. Maybe he goes the he goes all the way to this one. The full Monty. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
1: But I would say check out this article that Jacob did. It's called Everything We Learned About Star Wars, The Rise of Skywalker from the Star Wars Celebration panel because it actually has probably like a dozen new photos, some from the movie, some from concept art, some from uh, behind the scenes. And, uh, yeah, it's it's a lot of good stuff.
4: I got to think real quick because we've actually commented on this. What does everyone think of the title as a title? I'm not talking about what it means. I'm talking about the title. So I personally – don't like it just because of the syntax i don't like how it sounds like it just sounds like it's missing something like it sounds like it should be the rise of the skywalker but then i guess that would give it like a completely different meaning so I, I, i will say this as
1: a star wars completist it does seem weird to me because the three titles of this trilogy are all from the point of view of the good guys i think Unless this is from the bad guys. I mean, I, I guess H.T. made the case that this could be about Kylo. But if this isn't about Kylo, it's all from the point of view of the good guys. And usually for the first six, it was kind of alternating between the good guys and the bad guys. And also the the last installment of any of these trilogies has always been something of the something. And I think that's what you're kind of missing here, Chris, mm-hmm. is like Rise of the Skywalker would – kind of sound more in line with that, but also moving that the to before Skywalker, I think makes that a lot uh, it gives that meaning a lot a
4: lot different right. meaning, right? It should be the Skywalker has risen. That's what it should
3: be. <laughs> the Dark Skywalker rises.
4: Yes. <laughs> there yeah.
2: we go. Also uh, j- apparently JJ Abrams can't get enough of synonyms for get up.
1: Yeah. <laughs> uh Jacob, what do you think of this title?
3: I, I agree, with Chris. It doesn't fit well in the mouth. I don't like saying it. I don't like typing it. I have no, like, hatred for it, but it, it feels weird coming out of my hands.
1: I feel like it might work better if there was no no the in front of it, it was, if it was just Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, actually, I would yeah. prefer that
4: more. It is that the that, that makes it clunky for some reason.
2: Yeah, I I feel the same way. It doesn't roll off the tongue, but Rise of Skywalker would probably be better. I mean, we'll probably all end up typing just Rise of Skywalker anyways.
1: I feel like, yeah, I, I I like this title. I don't love it. I wish there was something like, you know, if you're going to tease this whole Palpatine thing, why not go with, I I know the Void had the, the the title of the Void Star Wars experience was like Secrets of the Empire, but I feel like if they didn't title that, that would be the perfect uh, title for this because it seems like Palpatine and the secrets of what what is involved there is kind of like the MacGuffin of this film. Uh, also, like, maybe something having to do with the legacy of Skywalker, but I guess maybe that's saying too much. Um, I mean, also, Rise is hopeful, right? It's very hopeful, and I think they wanted a more hopeful title to end this this whole franchise.
4: Yeah, I, I have a feeling it's going to be one of those titles where right now we're just like, eh, and then after we see the movie, it's going to be like, oh, it makes so much more sense now. I like the title. Yeah.
2: Well, I feel like it is a good way of bookending the series, the the saga rather. But I think it would have been much neater if we just called it the uh, the last hope. That would have been nice.
4: It's kind yeah, of yeah, that works better too. Yeah.
1: The Phantom of Menace. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, the newest of hopes. Yeah, I, I kind of liked my idea for the uh, the last hope, the final hope. Or something like that. But I don't know. Okay. I I guess this is what we got, guys. So we have to live with it. Yeah, we have to live with it. Uh, But you can check out the trailer on slashfilm.com. You you can find all the stories we did today. There's like about 10 of them. They're linked in the show notes. Uh, You can find this podcast, slashfilm daily, published every weekday on iTunes, Google, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular podcast apps. Please feel free to send us your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peteraslashon.com. Is there something we missed in this trailer? Is there some angle of speculation that we, we missed on Star Wars Episode Nine? Let me know. And uh, please head on over to our iTunes page. Write us a five-star review. Tell your friends. Spread the word. And we'll see you next time.